Attention, you're listening to the Todd Huff Radio Show, America's home for conservative, not bitter talk radio. Be advised that the content of this program has been documented to prevent and even cure liberalism, and listening may cause you to lean to the right. Here's your conservative, but not bitter host, Todd Huff. That is right, my friends. I hope you've had a wonderful Independence Day weekend. Hope you are ready to get back at it here on this shortened holiday week. Of course, today is Tuesday, depending upon when you're listening to this program. But if you're listening on Freedom 95 or Red State Talk Radio, it is Tuesday. It is Tuesday, and it is a pleasure to be here. Email Todd at ToddFShow.com. Um, thoughts, questions, feedback, adoration, and praise always accepted at that email address. So, I want to, well, first I want to tell you, I want to tell you my, uh, oh, I spent a little time at the pool yesterday with my kiddos, and it is, well, I would say I resemble today, um, my skin tone more closely resembles a lobster than is usual. And I'm a guy, folks, I I have a very light complexion. And I'm the guy that has to take sunscreen deadly seriously. I get made fun of a lot for this, as well I should, to be quite honest. Um, but I'm the guy that's reading the, the sunscreen bottle and saying, now how many minutes before going outside does that say? For me to apply it because I have to take this seriously. And I thought I did yesterday, <laughs> but apparently, um, being in the pool, I did not account for the reflection of the sunlight off of the water onto my ever so beautiful face. And now paying the uh, price for that. Also, happy to report to tell you today that I still got it when it comes to throwing my daughters in the air in the pool as I think we broke some records yesterday, but it was a good weekend. Good to be back at it today. I want to start actually piggybacking off of, um, kind of that very sentiment, uh, talking about independence day. And on Friday, um, if you missed the show Friday, I didn't spend as much time as I would have liked to, but I normally on certain days of the year, um, or episodes that will, you know, coincide with a holiday for Easter or Christmas or Thanksgiving or July 4th, Memorial Day, um, we usually pause and and say some words about the holiday or the meaning behind the holiday, the significance behind the holiday and so forth. And I said some things. And I, I wished I would have taken longer. There's just so much going on. You know, we've we dedicated um, a big chunk of last week to going through Roe versus Wade, and in many ways, even though we dedicated virtually every day of last week to that particular issue, to the uh, to the Dobbs case, and of course the subsequent overturning of the uh, by the Supreme Court of the Roe versus Wade case, um, and in a lot of ways, there's still so much to get to on that, and it's going to pop up. It's it's going to continue to be an issue that we're going to talk about. Um, when it comes to legislation or it comes to some of these 
responses that we're going to see from leftists, which I want to talk about today. Because I do believe, and I don't make any apologies for this, I believe that what we have in this nation, what we have in this nation that was set forth by the founders, framed by those brave men who defied the King of England and the British Army and to the point of winning, folks. We didn't just, they didn't just sign a piece of paper and go running and screaming to mommy's basement as the folks at Chaz slash Chop did a couple of, uh, when was it? A couple of years ago. I think we measure the lifetime of the empire of Chaz, which of course were the group of radical leftists that overtook a few blocks in Seattle a few years ago. Chaz or Chop. Actually, they may, I think they were in control of their empire. Um, way It was way too short to actually have two different names. I mean, if you're going to have two different names for your empire, you need to be, at least have your empire's lifespan measured beyond mere hours because they were only in control. Their empire was only in existence for a mere few hundred hours or some such thing. Um, but as I, as I think about this, as I think about the United States, the United States of America, how it was founded, and the beauty of this of this nation for all people. And folks, I say this every time, and I know some folks probably don't like that I do say it, but I have to say it in case a leftist is tuning in. In case a leftist is tuning in or someone who has gone through public education. Just kind of kidding. I've been through public education too. Um, it's usually what you, I guess, put into it and the teachers that you do have. But for those who had radical teachers who taught you to hate this country, I'm terribly sorry because they have led you very far astray. If you tuned in here today, just hang in there. You're welcome to this program. I'm conservative, not bitter, but I do welcome you. So I want to say that it is the greatest country on the face of the planet, not because of the people in it, not because of our DNA, not any of that, because of the system, because of what the founders did. And yes, I fully acknowledge that the founders, um, the the founders did not live up to the full meaning of their words in the Declaration and even the con well the concepts of of liberty and uh, freedom, justice for everyone was not carried out. And slavery is America's well great original sin. Slavery was without any question, absolutely atrocious and terrible. I will add to that that because the founders did what they did, they created a path where this nation could remedy its mistakes, and the mistakes have been remedied. In fact, we can focus – look, if, if we ignore – if we ignore the brilliantly and profoundly – wonderful things the founders put into place. We are we are deceiving ourselves as to just how special 
and unique this place was on the face of planet Earth when it was founded. This country, this country for the first time, it radically, folks, it radically transformed. It radically challenged the concept that a group of people in a country were subjects now in the United States of America, these individuals became citizens. These individuals were not granted rights by their government. No, no, no. The founders articulated, understood, had it revealed to them that freedom, that liberty, was the gift of Almighty God and that it was given to the individual by Almighty God himself and that the government of this great nation would recognize those liberties and freedoms. That is what, it, those were radical, folks, radical, radical changes. And as a result, as a result of the founding of this nation, as a result of that, in spite of her terrible history or, um, I guess I would say history or, just the way that it dealt with issues of race at its founding. Despite that, terrible it is, terrible it was, there were also wonderful things that have since been correctly expanded to apply to all people. That is what this nation is. And this nation, this nation radically transformed the face of planet Earth. I am perplexed. I don't want to say that. That's that's not correct. I maybe I'm dumbfounded whenever I hear people badmouth this country as they do. It's as though every other nation, I guess, is measured differently than the United States in the minds of the radicals and the leftists. All the other nations that have examples of terrible human rights violations or uh, their own problems with racism or take your pick, sexism. Folks, every nation has, throughout the course of history, had these, these sorts of issues, these sorts of major problems. Do I need to point out some of the obvious? I mean, some of the obvious places that today's radical leftist feels very comfortable working with or associating with or loving or whatever are places that systematically assassinated, annihilated, murdered millions of their own people. The infatuation the radical left has with communism and their inability or lack of, I don't know, intellectual honesty and integrity to connect what communism has done to average people throughout history is... Is well, it's an intellectual crime, is what it is. Joseph Stalin, Mao Zedong. You look at the number of millions, folks. Those two men alone are responsible for what seventy-five million, maybe eighty-five million deaths of their own people under the heavy-handed, tyrannical communist regimes that each of these men were the dictator of, the 
ultimate authority and voice of power of, that is just overlooked as though it's no big deal. I, it is perplexing. It is dumbfounding to the average intellectually honest person to say, how can you ignore all of these things? Why is the United States held up against the standard of perfection while the rest of these folks, Soviet Union, Communist China, just to name a few, their sins and crimes are completely ignored, completely excused. I mean, I would say ignored. I don't think they take the time to excuse them or explain them away. They just don't even pay attention to them. And that is not a consistent way of viewing these things and discussing these things in a fair and just way. In fact, I would think, I would think, I mean, I acknowledge, I acknowledge the problem, the terrible founding on issues of race in this nation. But the radical leftist does not even, they pretend like it wasn't even a thing for the communists to kill millions upon millions of people. Again, I've said this before, it's estimated that perhaps upwards of 100 million people were killed by their own governments, by totalitarian, heavy-handed, freedom-hating governments in the 20th century. If you're a leftist who's tuned in to that and needs some help, that's the 1900s. Kidding, just kidding, having a little fun here. Already made fun of my lobster face from the sunburn yesterday. But what I'm saying is that that is totally ignored. The United States is measured up against perfection. These other countries are measured against whatever the left says their, I guess, intentions were. What the words of the dictator were at the time when he was undoubtedly killing millions of his own people. It's as though actions have no consequences or meaning to radical leftists if Somewhere along the way, Stalin said something about equality. Mao Zedong said something about equity. Oh, they really would have liked that. Equity, who cares, will ignore the murder of X number of millions, tens of millions of people. And the United States is held up to this standard of perfection, which again, look, on some level, I accept, accept that. I accept that debate. In this, Pick one, though. Right? Let's, let's hold every nation to the same standard or or whichever one that is whether that is the ideals set forth in their well insofar as they have documents sometimes they just have decrees from the benevolent dictator and so forth but let's just let's consistently evaluate them and let's look at who's had a better better uh, more positive impact on planet earth as we know it i Again, for people who act like the United States of America has ushered in to this world darkness and despair, folks, it is beyond. It's not even fair to call that sort of approach intellectually dishonest. That is either the the height of ignorance and stupidity or just the downright hate for what the nation stands for. This nation radically transformed radically transformed the landscape of the planet. And I I shudder when I think what this planet would look like without the presence of the United States of America. In spite of all of her flaws, in spite of all of her 
attempts uh, by certain political parties and factions and so forth to erode the liberties, freedoms of individuals, those who have abused power in government, in spite of all of that, bad stuff, by the way, bad stuff that we've got to get cleaned up without any question. But to think, to think for a moment that this planet would be better off without the United States of America, to me, my friends, absolutely inexcusable. Absolutely, again, intellectually dishonest does not do it justice. I mean, someone is either deliberately, again, hateful of the principles of this nation or absolutely ignorant as to what the well, what this planet looked like. What who else would have been let's put it this way, who else would have been the major political forces on planet Earth without without the United States of America? Being a people like China, people like the Soviet Union during the Cold War. I mean, these are people these are nations, I say people, but which which nations would have would have risen to the challenge? And what would have happened? Would there have been a movement towards freedom and prosperity? Do you think? Do you think for a moment? I, I, can, I can barely ask these questions with a straight face. Do you think for a moment the standard of living would be anywhere near what it is today? Do you think that the media would hold the communist dictators that would inevitably have been ruling large swaths of planet Earth by this point in time? Do you think, and in some ways they already do because, again, China and so forth, but you look, do you think that they would be held to the same levels of accountability as the United States of America would be? The media is so infatuated with the cult of personality. The media is so infatuated with words. The media loves the centralization of power, too, because they're in that inner circle. They would have liked that. They would have told us constantly how hard these benevolent dictators were working to try to improve the lives of people on the planet. Meanwhile, the standard of living would have been nothing, not even remotely close to what it is today. There's a reason people around the world want to come to this nation. And it's not because they see this nation in the same light that today's radical leftist sees it. Because if, if average people around this world viewed the United States of America the same way that radical leftists tell us they see it, no one would want to come here. No one. But see, my friends, people do want to come here. So the leftists are wrong. In fact, they are egregiously wrong. And I want to take a break, and when we get back, I want to share some stories about how leftists, radical leftists, have responded or reacted to Independence Day weekend, City of Orlando, NPR, which is publicly taxpayer-funded radio and media, which if you ever need to go to sleep at night, turn on NPR. And then, of course, there's other people tweeting stupid stuff as well. I want, I want to get into that. And I wanted to set the stage by telling you, you live in the greatest country on, on the face of the planet, arguably in the history of the world, and it was because of ideas. It was because the founders accepted, um, had true or had truth revealed to them, understood things in ways, and were principled, by the way, principled in 
not trying to become their own group of dictators, not trying to become their own group of oligarchs or whatever. Instead, they kept power with the people. They kept power with the people, my friends. It is a beautiful story. This is a wonderful place. We have wonderful lives, wonderful opportunities. Yes, those things are under assault. Real deal under assault by people who do not want you to have those problems. People that have more money and power and influence and so forth than is <laughs> than the average person can sometimes fully comprehend. So there are forces that work against those things that have a lot of power and pull and so forth. But in spite of all of that, in spite of all of that, as serious as threats those may be, what we have today, my friends, is simply a beautiful opportunity, a beautiful chance to be a, to be alive and to have the, the opportunities and things that you think about the people that have gone before us that never could have dreamed of some of these some of these chances and opportunities and just what is available today. So. We'll get into these things in due course. I want to start by comparing and contrasting how what I just said, how I feel about this country, how I want to celebrate Independence Day and so forth with with, uh, the ways that the radical left want to do that. So we'll talk about those things on the other side of the break. Long in this segment, as has become custom now. So sit tight, my friends. Listening to Conservative Not Better Talk, I'm your host, Todd Huff, back in just a minute. Friends got forwarded to me. I well, I think the first I'd seen this could be wrong. Fancy pants, fancy pants are newest. Uh, one of our newest. I guess it would be our newest addition to the team. She would be the newest addition to the team. Fancy pants. She forwarded this to me over the weekend um, before the fourth. I think she sent it uh, Sunday night. So there's a hashtag going around. So these are radical leftists. They hate the United States of America. Hate it. They love four-letter words. I think uh, it is the height of their vocabulary prowess. I think that it is the best that they can do. And it it expresses, maybe it expresses their uh, emotions, maybe most accurately, the F word. So there was a hashtag. In fact, you can probably... Um, if you wanted to search, go to Twitter and search this hashtag. I haven't, I might do that during the next break, but there was a hashtag for a, boy, I gotta be really careful how I say this. So hashtag, so there's three words. The second and the third word are the fourth, right? F-O-U-R-T-H. The first word is a four letter word that begins with the letter F, <laughs> I will let you figure out what that is. I cannot and will not say that on the radio. Um, But F the fourth was a hashtag that was trending amongst radical leftists. And the one that Fancy Pants sent me, and this is from, I believe, a women's group, which again, I'd like to ask this group, if they are women, how do they know they're women? And how would they define the essence of being a woman, but that's another question in and of itself. This is what it says on the, I guess you could say the digital flyer, wear green 
and protest at your local courthouse, 4 p. local time. Post a picture or video about what freedom and independence mean to you, which is really interesting to me because I thought it was celebrating the 4th of July. Now, to the radical leftists, this is the first point I want to get to here today as it pertains to these radical protests, kind of in opposition to what I said last segment. The, these folks are the antithesis of me, right? They're the antithesis to the vast majority of those who are listening here today. In fact, I would say if you're taking the time to listen to my words, even if you don't fully agree, you're closer to me than them because they want to burn it down, basically. they Their, their idea of what they would call freedom is nothing, nothing at all like what our founders so brilliantly, uh, brilliantly put together here in this great nation. So they had the F the 4th protests, or I don't know what you would even call these silly things, um, around the country. So there's that going on. And then also, I want to touch on this and have to get to it after, after the break, but there was... <laughs> City of Orlando, City of Orlando, over the 4th of July weekend, they tweeted out a statement. Let me see how I, let me make sure I get this correct here. The City of Orlando, right? We're talking the City of Orlando, Florida. So this is how they announced their their fireworks show. Oh, I, I don't know who's running the, I don't know if this was tweeted originally, if people got it and put it on Twitter, but it's from the City of Orlando City News section. And this is what it said. This is what it says. A lot of people probably don't want to celebrate our nation right now, right now, and we can't blame them. When there is so much division, hate, and unrest, why on earth would you want to have a party celebrating any of it? This is again, the City of Orlando. They're selling their fireworks show. You may think, you know, some of you may be in sales. I mean, I don't know. Does it sound like a good opening line for your presentation? Anyway, they continue here. But in all seriousness, I guess that was a joke. I, I don't know. But in all seriousness, you know in your heart, 4th of Ju- uh, July fireworks are amazing, especially when you're standing in 90-degree heat, 100% humidity next to 100,000 of your closest friends. In that moment, something takes over. And we all become united in an inexplicable bond. Yes, America is in strife right now. But you know what? We already bought the fireworks. We we know a lot of you won't want to celebrate right now. And we can't blame you. That's what the city of Orlando... Now, they came out and they basically... What did they say? They said, we're sorry or... We're sorry if we hurt your feelings or some such thing. I, I have to find that probably... Um, here it is. The city of Orlando sincerely regrets the negative impact our words have had on some in our community. We understand these words offended some of our residents, which was not our intent. We value the freedoms we have in this country and are thankful to the men and women who have fought and continue to fight for those. We take pride in celebrating the 4th of July to express our gratitude to those men and women and honor the country we, we live in. That was their, I'm sorry, to tweet or post or whatever. So, but again, so what happens? You have a bunch of millennial leftists, I guess, running your communications department. They say, "Hey, we know that you don't want to celebrate this because, folks, the people they were taught by in college, 
the people that they attended college with, this is in vogue now. It is in vogue in certain circles, not not in your circles, not in my circles, because we deal with, I don't know, reasonable, appreciative adults. But they, if they go to college, they're surrounded, they're taught by radical professors. It is in vogue and cool and hip or whatever the latest way of saying that today is. See, I can't even say that. I don't even know what that is. But whatever it is, whatever they say, whatever means cool for that, you know, this generation that's coming out of college, what is cool today is to hate America. What is cool today is to blame America. What is cool today is to apologize to your friends, I guess, for even attending a social media, or excuse me, a 4th of July party. Apologize for that on social media through official press releases. Now, I want to pause. Now, not every young person fits into that that uh, category. So I'm not I'm not just um, you know casting a broad net here. I there are many of them that love this nation. There are many of them that fight for this nation. I'm saying for those who are going to school today, who are going through communications, you know, political science courses, whatever things where they might be in city government or, you know, communicating about issues in politics, those folks, I mean, with rare exceptions, are being taught to hate this country, to hate capitalism, to hate the 4th of July, to hate the founders, to hate America, to hate the flag, to hate fill in the blank. They are told that this place is racist and hateful and bigoted and homophobic and transphobic and that the Supreme Court is taking away rights of people for the first time in history. That's what Vice President Kamala Harris was on stage saying the other day at some one of her ridiculous speeches or events, you know, whatever. But this is what they're taught. This is hip. This is cool. This is in vogue. And now they, they're running, apparently, communications departments in cities like Orlando. Compare and contrast that with what you think about this country, with what I so brilliantly laid out about my feelings about this country in the first segment. So, quick time out, friends. Continue this discussion when we get back. You're listening to Conservative Not Better Talk. I am your host, Todd Huff, back in just a minute. Welcome back, my friends. Just doing a really quick, really quick, because we could probably spend, again, like we did last week with abortion, Roe versus Wade, we could probably spend the better part of, uh, part of this week going through all of the oh examples of leftists being, I guess, ashamed or just totally against celebrating Independence Day, Fourth uh, of July celebrations, and so forth. NPR. I want to talk about this briefly before I get to maybe what is the most entertaining thing I've read in a little bit of uh, time. (laughs) Oh, but first I want to tell you about NPR. NPR, uh, what, National Public Radio, um, they typically over the 4th of July holiday on Independence Day, they would actually read the... Declaration of Independence. I've thought about, I don't know, doing parts of that. Yeah, you know, before. Um, it's interesting 
to say the least, especially if you can maybe comment on it. I don't know. But more people need to know the words of the Declaration of Independence. More people need to know what's in the Constitution. More people need to understand what life was like prior to the existence of the United States of America. More people need to understand how much the United States of America transformed the landscape of planet Earth when she was founded. More people need to understand how much better of a place this world is because of the United States of America, the hope that she instills around the world, the freedom that she causes other nations to want to adopt. I mean, this is a wonderful place. It is. Again, I've gone through, as I always do, and have acknowledged she's not perfect, and there have been real problems throughout her history. But one of those problems, by the way, was not the overturning of Roe versus Wade. Unequivocally, that is crazy talk, to be quite honest. That's just, I, it's not in the Constitution. It just isn't. Anyway, headline here, what is this? BizPack, BizPackReview.com. NPR nixes traditional fourth, uh, July 4th reading of Declaration of Independence in favor of exploring equality. I'm going to read a little bit from this article. Taxpayer-funded National Public Radio announced on Monday, July 4th, that it had decided to, quote, update its 33-year tradition of its hosts reading aloud the Declaration of Independence by replacing it with the discussion of equality. With the participation of two Harvard historians, the network decided to replace the uh, that historical narration, which is uh, which it presumably considers a more trendy and woke subject on the matter on the surface, the description of an 11-minute segment posted to Twitter might make it seem like a lot more negative than it actually turned out to be, assuming news consumers take the time to listen. At least for NPR, the presentation contains a relatively positive assessment of America's founding document and Thomas Jefferson, its primary author. You can listen to the tradition breaking segment embedded below and draw your own conclusions. There's an embedded link to that. It's 11 minutes and 21 seconds. We're, of course, not going to be playing that uh, today. Anyway, the point is, it's now... These these may seem like tiny, insignificant things, but my friends, this is how we move the needle. At first, it begins to be, you know, (laughs) maligned in the radical circles. Then... People who are on the fringe of the radical circles begin to say, well, maybe that's what we should do. And these, of course, media organizations are full of people who are, if not radicals themselves, very friendly to the radical left. And you can see how quickly it can it can permeate into all of our culture. In fact, I've had I have not seen the movie, whatever the new Top Gun movie is. But every single person that I have spoken with that has seen it has had nothing but good things to say about it. And it's because it's because it has a message that is not being portrayed by Hollywood anywhere else in Hollywood, right? It's it's a pro-America, feel good sort of, you know, great 4th of July sort of movie to go see. Right? And that's because it's so rare. It is so rare. And we ask ourselves, why don't our kids know history? Why do they hate America? It's because of this. I know no one probably on here, very few, maybe some of you do, listen to NPR. I sometimes do my NPR voice like this. 
Welcome to the Todd Huff Show. I'm your host, Todd Huff. You know, we have a little bit of fun with it like that because they're the most boring hosts in the history of media, but, and it's taxpayer funded, which that's a whole other issue. But when I, when you think about how, this is how things erode. This is exactly how things erode. And before long, we'll have a president who doesn't uh, recognize Memorial Day or the 4th of July or whatever, and we'll have some other leftist holiday to uh, that replaces it instead. Anyway, got to take a break. And I want to get to my favorite story of the weekend. Quick time. <laughs> I can't even believe I'm reading these words. But uh, be back here in just a minute, my friends. Welcome back, my friends. The story of the week, or I guess not the, well, the headline of the week. I mean, you're, you are not going to believe this. Even by media standards, you are not going to believe this. This was written in, now it was written in Salon, Salon.com, which of course is a radical leftist outfit. Um, <laughs> I just, I can't even say, I, straight face is beyond me when talking about this. But the headline says, Salon, this is Salon Deep Dive. This is a deep dive on Salon, Salon.com. <laughs> How Joe Biden is like America's founding fathers. And no, I'm not kidding. See, he knew when he wrote this, and this is written by Matthew Rosa. Matthew Rosa, R-O-Z-S-A. He knew when he wrote that headline, no one's gonna believe no one is gonna believe what I'm about to write. So I have to, in my headline, Put the words, and no, I'm not kidding. So when you think Thomas Jefferson, when you think George Washington, when you think James Madison, when you think Samuel Adams, when you think that group that group of people that was responsible for framing this nation, standing up to the tyrannical uh, King George, the dictator, and so forth, when you think about framing a country that had limited powers on different branch, three co-equal branches of government, right? I mean, all that stuff. When you think of all those men that signed the declaration or the men that were involved in that process framing this great nation, you should include Joe Biden in that list. Subheadline here, heading, I guess subheadline is right. Biden has great ideas but can't implement them due to political stalemate, just like Washington and Jefferson. He's just like them. In fact, if the revolution were in Biden's day, I think Biden would have been out there leading the the uh, the American Revolutionary Forces. He would have been leading the Continental Army, just like I probably would have taken Washington's position. In fact, when when everyone got together and said we need to have a president under this Constitution, and everyone un, uh, unanimously looked at George Washington, if if Biden had been there. It might have been unanimous consent for Joseph R. Biden. This, my friends, is absolutely ludicrous, but here we are. Quick time out, my friends. Back in just a minute. You're probably still laughing at what I told you last segment, which is Biden being compared to America's founders by a writer at salon.com. I mean, this is beyond 
ridiculous and absurd. But let me read one other line from this. Uh, I just have a few moments left. He says this. If Joe Biden's presidency continues on its current track, he'll uh, he'll be remembered in a similar way as a visionary, at least on certain domestic policy issues, who was largely ignored by his peers. Oh, poor Biden. Oh, this passes as legitimate, I guess, academic thought. I got to go, folks. Have a great day. SDGC tomorrow. Take care. Buying a home. 